0: Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with John Payne with Hedgepoint Global Markets. And we did see mostly lower grain trade, with a few exceptions in the wheat market on Friday. But over in the livestock futures, kind of a mixed trade in the cattle. Hogs mostly higher. Outside markets, you had crude oil lower and the dollar, higher. So, John, I want to start off with the fact that we had jobs data out and non-farm payroll looks like it was above expectations. And so that did influence the outside markets today, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's it's it keeps us tight for longer. Um and that's being seen in the in the Federal Reserve odds that tr- kind of trade kind of live that you can see where where the bets are being made or at least the odds are for rate cuts in future meetings. The March meeting was I think a month ago it was like 85% rate cut, 15% not. Uh and now it's flipped, now it's like 75 25 the other way.
0: So soybeans and the soybean complex lower on Friday. You had soybeans back below the $12 mark. And is that all about Brazil and their, their crop?
1: Yeah, mainly. I think Brazil is, is the reason why we're lower. I think they'll be the reason why the deferreds fall too. Um, you know, the soybean market has multiple problems right now that could leg like it lower. And that would be one is that there's, you know, a product market right now that is essentially tight. To the point where you look at front month contracts, they're basically even to the the December twenty-four contracts. March soybean oil, March soybean meal. Uh in the case of meal, there's a premium. In the case of oil, there's a discount. And so there's demand there that is being taken up. And I think it's more value uh or the the anticipated value of of supply and demand in the futures is, is is kind of showing up here for beans. And, in reality, it's like we could see the, the market kind of for beans like we saw a trade last summer for corn, where if you recall the front month futures for July were trading at what seven? Were they at seven dollars, six seventy, seven dollars for that longest period of time? And then when we went off, it was at sixes, and then when we went off and we went down, it was the September contract was already trading at five dollars. So you could see that for beans, I think, develop here where you have a meat market that Gets really steeply inverted on the front end, while the back end assumes supplies coming, and that must be through biodiesel. I don't know. China demand is certainly weak, but I think a lot of that's priced in at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not just Brazil. It's the combination between Brazil's prices being under the U.S., but also the fact that China's demand. There's concerns about it, right?
1: Yeah. I mean we're gonna we're gonna lose the residual demand. Brazil will not. That that's you know. Just the way it's gonna to have have to happen, I think, for, for the world to continue to spin the way it is. That would change. Chinese relations improve. Maybe there's reasons for the US to become that big buyer again. But you know, the, that story's out of the barn. We've lost the market share. Go look at what it was in 2014. I think it was like sixty-five percent of US of soybeans in the world were exported from the US. Now I think it's like a quarter, thirty percent. So, you know, there's reasons for that. Biodiesel is kind of part of the reason, but The other reason is China's continued to grow at this huge, huge rate. So, you know, right now that's in question. Um, But, you know, this is all again, I'm going to say this again. It's all kind of priced in here for grains. The worry you have is the carry, the defers that just continue to come down and trade to that front month contract. And that's where you can see the price go nowhere and you would lose as somebody who's storing physical supply through the summer.
0: Yeah, that's happening in both soybeans and corn. We've talked about that before, you and I. Uh, corn could not take out the 450 resistance area on the chart this week, but corn today, did it get pulled down by soybeans as well as the crude oil market or is it was it its own fundamentals?
1: I think corn is just, it's found its price and it's going to bob around here until, yeah. um, you know, something would change. Either energies get a lot cheaper, which we've seen in markets like natural gas really get cheap. Could ethanol come down again? Yeah. I mean, I think energy one to watch and if that would fall, that could certainly break corn. Um, a higher or lower, but I would say right now, lower just based off the trends we're seeing economically, you know, you would think that a war in a, in, in the Middle East and on multiple sides of the Middle East, uh, would, would scare up at oil prices, but that it, it really, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the scare. We'd be cheaper without it. I don't know. But at this point, you know, a $60 oil price, you know, that doesn't support $5 porn.
0: Yeah. What about the wheat market? Um, last week we had higher weekly closes. it looked like maybe we were trying to bottom again and then this week not really any definitive uh, move here. What do you think we're waiting for?
1: Uh, probably nothing. It's very difficult to want to be owner of wheat at least you're at least on the, the Chicago side because the Chicago has this huge uh, carry that's that's the theme. If you want to put a theme on today, it's dealing with carry markets because it's like, it's not like owning stocks where you put a stock in a, you know, in a drawer and you can just let it sit there and it doesn't require any servicing. Commodities require servicing. They require storage. They require movement. You know, those get reflected on paper too. You can't just own the paper forever. You have to roll it. And right now those roll costs and specifically looking at at Chicago wheat are skyrocketing. So if you want to, if you want to find new storage for wheat, it's going to be difficult. It's going to cost money, or you're just going to have to sit on paper that's going to, you know, put a hole in your pocket in the short run. So a lot of the wheat hinging turning around would hinge on Russia. Um, You know, Russia just continues to grow at 90 million metric tons. And I would say, um, you know, until something breaks with them, you know, and that's a story that's fallen way below the the radar here. Um, You know, I don't know. I don't, it's hard to see wheat getting more expensive without something like that happening.
0: Yeah, you and I have talked about it before, though that Russia is just basically um, we're not competitive to them, and so that's been the main story. Cotton market though is looking better. Uh, we've had two nice weekly closes to the upside. Exports have been pretty strong here. Is that market going to keep moving higher? Is it bidding for acres?
1: You know, it's seen a nice move, especially you know we've seen Chinese markets rally, then the the Shanghai exchanges really got hammered later this week and cotton stayed firm cotton is, is kind of a chinese trade i think from the supply side you know the growing it's 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 going to be a tough thing to find acres for just for new farmers to come in here so it needs to keep prices somewhat steady uh because the decision can still be made to grow it but you know in the long term december like you get too high too quick you're going to pull acres from from milo from corn um you know but in the in the longer run um it's a tough market to want to own, you know, just given that, you know, even U.S. milling, I saw U.S. milling is like at civil war levels, like 200, like 2.2 million bales I think is what we're going to mill in the United States next year. And like 2002, I think it was like 10 million bales. So we've lost all of that domestic demand. And it's also reliant on overseas apparel that if without a global economy booming, it's hard to see, you know, the cost of clothing going up.
0: So, Cotton right now, as far as acreage estimates, what do you think? Are we going to be down again this year or is the market going to, again, be able to move high enough to pull some acres back?
1: Well, the S&P informant numbers were like 10.7 10, 10. 7 million. So, you know, I I was working more with cotton producers five years ago. And that was when the cotton prices went bananas there for a little bit and went uh, all the way up to uh, we were in the dollar range. and you know, that, those days are, are, are hard to see right now. You know, the global economy doesn't look like that anymore. So I think the acreage numbers, maybe we can get above 12 million. Uh, that's where it was five years ago. Um, but it would have to come, you're talking about a million acres, maybe coming per a mile, something like that.
0: Yeah. Cattle market new highs for the move again here today. We had a strong week at cash, uh, the push of the cattle inventory report, but how much higher do you think we're gonna go here? Are the funds gonna help push this thing now? Are they gonna go back long like they were when we hit the record highs in September? Well,
1: <laughs> at this point, the packing margins aren't getting better here. I mean we're we've we've moved very, very nicely. We came off two seventy ish two seventy five ish on the choice and went all the way up to three hundred early this week, and we've given a lot of that back now um but at this point. You know, the industry is healthy there and it can handle these higher rates to a degree. The participants can. Um, but expansion's difficult. It's so expensive. So, you know, I do say, I will say this on cattle, you know, the numbers of the herd are are, are one thing, but the production numbers are something else to focus on. The production is up. So and it's higher than it probably needs to be, uh, even given where the, the profit margins are. So that's the thing to watch here going forward. Um you know, if beef can't trade 350 this summer, 340 this summer, then, you know, it's going to be difficult for for feeders to justify these levels on the deferred futures.
0: Yeah. And the hog market continues to be resilient. And we have been up, I think, eight or nine of the last nine days. So is the cutout going to continue to help push this? Is that what started this rally?
1: Yeah, the hog markets have been impressive. The cutouts, bellies specifically, you know, just you know, it's interesting to watch the, the, the illiquid markets trade in hogs because they, they're fun and, and they, you know, there's not a lot of speculation in them. It's truly demand and coverage and things like that being put on by, you know, big players in the industry who want to buy forward. Um, and that's the trick right now with hogs. It's like you can buy hogs forward for cheap, not hogs, I'm sorry, pork. Uh, the cuts themselves, you, you know, they're difficult to price, but right now the pricing is to the, to the buyer. It's not that way in beef. Um, so, in the case of, of the cutouts, we've seen the cutout for uh, for July, for example, this year, trading all the way up to 105. Last year, the the high on the cash cutout in July was 112. Um, so, at this point, you know, I think there's more to go, but you know, does it doesn't need to go to 112 right away. I don't think so. I think the banks right now are they're doing banker meetings. They're just trying to connect with clients as far as what the intentions are for the next, you know, not beyond eight months. And right now, you can kind of see the market doesn't know what to do here in December, in October, where break-evens are right there. We're right there at at break-evens for a lot of guys.
0: All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, John Payne with Hedgepoint Global Markets. And that is Markets Now.